and welcome to Weddings Unveiled, a podcast for your wedding planning process. I'm your host, Leah Longbreak. We know how exciting and stressful playing the big day can be, and we're here to help, providing you with information and advice from industry insiders and those with firsthand experience. On today's episode, we have Barb Stitzer, founder of Northeast Ohio Weddings Magazine. She'll share with us her personal wedding journey and how the discrimination she faced with her interfaith marriage led her to create the magazine. Barb, welcome to Weddings Unveiled. I'm so happy to have you here today. I am so happy to be here today. And so we're obviously going to talk about Northeast Ohio Weddings Magazine and how you started it, but what really led to it, if if I'm correct, is your own wedding journey. Yes. When I was about to get married, and this is almost 25 years ago in very liberal Southern California, I couldn't find anyone. My husband and I are different religions, and I couldn't find anyone to marry us. It was so hard. I mean, we finally found someone, but I was like, it was just like a non-perfection and then otherwise like perfect, amazing, wonderful planning session. And when I got here to Ohio, 24 years later, I kept on meeting people who weren't being treated well when they were getting married. And in particular, there was a girl who was attached to a her wheelchair by her throat. She had been in a terrible accident. And I, I don't even know what the, I don't even know what it's called, but she had an attachment to her throat, to her wheelchair. And she wanted to get married to her fiance on the same rooftop that they had met on and they didn't have access to like disability, disabled access to the rooftop. And so they're like, Hey, you know, it's okay. We have a dumb waiter. We'll just kind of pull that thing out of your neck, run you up the stairs. (sighs) You just hold your breath and we'll put you in the dumb waiter. We'll put the chair in the dumb waiter and it'll be fine. And she's like, (laughs) it doesn't work. No. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you know, and, and and things like that just kept on happening, you know. And you know, I I had um, I shoot. I'm a photographer, and I shoot models a lot. And one of my models' moms was, you know, she was she was larger. I mean, she was probably a twenty size twenty four, which is probably like a twenty eight to thirty in wedding sizes. And you know, she had her mom and her sister and her daughters and her fiance's daughter, and they went out to brunch and they went to the boutique and they got in and they were like, okay, so who's the bride? And she's like, I'm the bride. And they're like, oh no, you're not the bride. (gasps) Yeah. Rude. And she's like, well, you know, can I just try on? Oh no, you'll break the dress. Well, I won't sip it. Oh no. Mm. She was crying. Her daughter was standing there like all embarrassed. And I was like, you know, you can't do this, you know? So I just thought I'm going to start a magazine that is diverse and inclusive and happy for everybody. And that's what I did. So the first magazine, my first magazine uh, came out in 2019 and it had the first person of color by herself on the cover of a wedding magazine in Ohio ever. Wow. And then this next year I had the second person of color on the cover by herself of a wedding magazine. 
We've had people in wheelchairs and wedding gowns. We had a Down syndrome woman walking in our show. I had a 400-pound man and a 400-pound wife walking in our show. I had a couple that had been married for 68 years, and they walked to the end of the runway and kissed. Oh, that's so sweet. It was. Like, everybody went nuts. And it's so gratifying. It's so beautiful. I had the first person in a hijab in a wedding dress. You know, all of these people get married, and all of these people deserve to be treated like they are queens and kings and special. That's what the magazine does. And all of our wonderful advertisers and vendors they believe in it and they they are so kind and accommodating and fun with everybody and it's just this happy happy business and so many brides and grooms have come up to me and you know like so thankful that you know like maybe they're they're gay or they're trans or they're like me and we're a different religion different cultures they're like you know barb you know i feel so safe using your vendors because i know that they're going to accept me they're open yeah well, let's go back because you said that you and your husband are of different faiths and you wanted to have an interfaith ceremony back when you were having your wedding in California, but you had a hard time finding an officiant that was supportive of that, correct? Yes. Walk us through that whole process. I have to say I wasn't, you know, I had a planner and my planner did take care of it eventually, but, you know, because I'm Jewish and my husband is kind of basic Christian, I would call it. There was just no one who wanted to work together in this. You know, they wanted us to take change religions, change classes. And we both felt really strongly that we fell in love with each other because we are each other and we didn't want to change each other. So eventually your planner did help you find, did you have two different officiants, one that was of Christian faith and one of Jewish, or did you find someone that was able to just find a way to acknowledge both? No, we found a rabbi and a minister, and they were best friends. And oh. the, yeah. Damn, and, we can't coexist, people. Yeah, <laughs> and they did the the they did it together, and it was it was beautiful and amazing. What was the rest of your planning like? Was that the only major hiccup you had? I have to say, and <laughs> I always say this, and people look at me funny, but my wedding was the best wedding I've ever had or been to. And it's the only wedding I've ever had, but I've been to a lot of weddings. It was perfect and amazing. It was, uh, you know, I'm from LA, I'm from California. So we got married at the Ritz-Carlton Laguna Niguel. And my husband, you know, sometimes men want to be involved in things. And my husband doesn't want to be involved in anything, which is fine with me because, you know, I get a planet how I like it. But <laughs> he insisted on having a, a brass band and not a DJ. And he also insisted on having it outside. And, you know, we were, it was on a cliff above the ocean, but that day there was a seven state power outage. Oh gosh. And so everyone's, you know, all the brides that were in the ballrooms, their lights were out, their DJ, you know, they didn't have any dancing music. And we just, I didn't even know. I didn't even know that the power was out until we had like this tent that had a chandelier in it. And I was like, that's all. The chandelier isn't on. And my husband looked at me and he's like, Barb, <laughs> the power's been out for like six hours. <laughs> you were just so happy. Nothing else mattered. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. I, I'm extremely happily married. I was engaged seven times. Oh so my gosh. I know a lot about that side of it. <laughs> wow. Seven times. So your husband was the Eighth and the lucky one. 
I use the seventh and the lucky one. Oh, seven. Lucky, <laughs> oh, lucky seven. Yeah. <laughs> so now you're in Northeast Ohio mm-hmm. and you decided to start the magazine a lot based off of your experience with people not wanting to be open to diversity and inclusivity. And what has been the feedback since you've started the magazine? We've had an incredible amount of great feedback. I mean, of course, you know, there are people who have different ideals than we do, and that's absolutely fine. But the vast majority of our vendors and brides and grooms are just so thrilled that we filled this niche. Working with different vendors, how how do you approach making sure that they are a vendor that will be open and inclusive for other couples? I'm really open about it. You know, it, it's kind of, this is kind of interesting. When you don't, I don't think I'm going to say this well, but I've spent my life, quote, passing, end quote, for being just like, you know, any religion. And when I was little, someone sprayed a swastika on my house. My dad washed it off or, you know, painted over it. And then they did it again. And they did it every Saturday night for like a year. And they put Jew on it really big, you know. And I think like if you're someone who, quote, passes, you miss a lot of prejudice or you maybe you see a lot more prejudice just from people who are just kind of saying words without looking at you and going, oh, you might be one of those words. The person that I dated, I dated before my husband was extremely prejudiced and I didn't know it. And she didn't find out that um, I was I was Jewish until, and I didn't know because we dated for 10 years. So (laughs) my parents knew that he was not my religion and he, you know, he came to temple with us and I went to church with them and I just thought, you know, that's the way it is. But she, when the rabbi came in for the rehearsal, she said, why is he here? And I said, oh, well, the rabbi's going to be here and the, the priest will be there. And she's like, what? And I was like, what? And she was someone that I called mom. You know, mm-hmm. we were very close. And she's like, you filthy kike. How <gasps> dare you come and sully my blood and my bloodline and how can you? And I was standing there with my mouth open. My fiance walked in and he was like, what? And I'm like, what? And he goes, oh my gosh, she knows. <gasps> yeah. Oh my gosh, that is traumatic like someone that you've known for 10 years years. one he didn't tell his mother that you are of jewish faith and two for her to react like that you dodged a bullet not being a part of that family that's for sure but oh my gosh yeah that's painful maybe the magazine is me healing these kind of wounds and hoping that this never happens to anyone again I see people as people, you know, people are people. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No, and I and I love that you you mentioned that maybe it's a form of your healing, but the best way to I think to heal is by helping. You helping others is also going to help help you. Yeah. Spreading the goodness. I think so. I like that. Now that you've been 
a part of weddings and planning your own wedding and working in the industry for years, are you seeing though more acceptance now? Yeah, I think so. I think that, you know, like so much is changing. And I have to say, I don't think, I don't think that people went, oh, you know, I'm going to offend someone, you know, but now people are really aware. Yes, I am going to offend someone if I go in that direction. And you can't, you know, everybody needs to learn a new way of speaking and a new way of thinking. I feel like the world is changing and it's changing very quickly. Sometimes my daughters and I will be like, I'll be like, hey, texting was in your lifetime. And I want to say to them, no prejudice happened in your lifetime. Well, I hope that we're all able to say that for the, the younger generations. Ah, oh, me too. We are gathered here today to give you permission to plan the wedding that you want. I'm Jessica Bishop. And I'm Sari Wienerman. And we're the hosts of the Bouquet Toss podcast. Today's couples have to juggle so many things from family expectations to outdated traditions and what's currently trending. So to make it easier, we're going deep to figure out why we do weddings the way that we do. So you can decide what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. You are cordially invited to subscribe to The Bouquet Toss wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com. By the power vested in us, we pronounce you free to plan your day your way. What are some trends that our couples listening can look forward to and should consider going into later 2021, but into 2022 wedding season? Well, of course, smaller weddings are becoming very trendy, A, because of COVID, and B, sometimes people start going, you know, I know like I'm from LA and my husband's from Chicago. And he's like, well, how many people are you inviting? And I was like, well, like 150. And he's like, well, I'm inviting 150, you know, and sometimes it becomes... <laughs> Three hundred person wedding. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those were the days, you know. <laughs> I think now people are starting to go. I, you know, I want the people that I know and love now, and I'm going to know and love forever, as opposed to you know my best friend's sister's niece's son in law's babysitter. Right. That is a huge trend. I think that outdoor weddings, even in Northeast Ohio, are becoming more and more popular. You know, I've seen like tent rentals going up a lot. I think barn, barn weddings have been really huge for a long time. And I see lots of people shifting from that. The average wedding spend in Ohio is $28,000, which is easily a good down payment on a house. Oh, I can attest. I was up there and I kept my wedding small. There's just so many little small fun things that you can order and get and personalize and have and give. And, you know, like it, it is, it's overwhelming. Yeah. And you have to consider your venue and all the costs with that. And it, these are the big ticket things, your venue, your photographer, like we were big about photography and videography. So we put a little extra into that. It all adds up and you have to consider all the when you, you just see the initial blanket of amount of like a, a venue cost or a photographer, but you don't consider all the little tiny details, the tips, 
the gratuities, mm-hmm. the taxes. I bring it up like on the show, I feel like every other episode, but like stamps, like the different things that you don't consider, but they end up being costly. True. Even, Factoring you know, gifts for your bridal party. Or out of town people. Like if you want to put a gift basket in an out of town person's wedding or, or hotel room for the wedding. Right. You know, that kind of thing. It just gets crazy. You know, with hotel rooms, what's your tip, your advice for couples that they want to do hotel blocks for their guests? Well, I, I say do it. We did a lot of rooms at the Ritz-Carlton Laguna Niguel, and it was really expensive, but it was so awesome. It was so nice having everybody there. Like the night before, we did a rehearsal dinner, and then my girls and I went underneath the tent and they were putting up the chandelier and we were laying on our backs under the, the chandelier and we were like laughing and remembering things. And, you know, I, I say if you can swing it or even if you don't pay for everybody, you know, get the block so that everybody can get to know each other. That's another new thing. It's new-ish, but something that's really caught on this year is when people say, don't pick a side, just sit mm-hmm. down because we are all family now. You know, if you spend a long weekend together before the actual wedding, you're going to get to know people on both sides. And it just makes it so much nicer down the line. It isn't divided. It's all together. Yeah. I mean, if you have the money, obviously you can cover others' hotel rooms, but I don't think most family and friends expect you to cover it. But as long as you have like rooms blocked off so they know that they can get a room Obviously, oh, by a yeah. certain date, like keep in mind that hotels will make a cutoff date, so they don't they don't get screwed over. <laughs> but but yeah, like I agree with you. Like we did uh, hotel room blocks at the Westin in downtown Cleveland, and we just paid for our room. You know, obviously, I stayed the night before with my grandma, and then oh. the room got converted over to being like our 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 suite. And yeah, I, that was so precious. I'm so glad I have you know, that memory of my time with her frolicking around Cleveland, you know, and then spending the night, like getting a hangout with Graham and her keeping my nerves calm. And, (laughs) but yeah, so like the, the night of, you know, the wedding, when we came back to the hotel room, there were, I don't even know how many friends and family end up staying there, but we ended up having an after party in the hotel lobby and it was so fun. Oh, we did too. That's so funny. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. it's, It's just so fun and relaxed and you know, you're just sipping drinks and just ah, all the planning is done and you're just with your family and friends and highly recommend doing it. Absolutely. What's your final piece of advice for couples playing their wedding? I think it's really important to pick one or two things that you're not going to budge on and each of you have them and each of you give in to the other person. You know, it's really important that you kind of are there for each other that way anyway. Like my husband and I are like, we're not allowed to be mad at the same time. <laughs> so, you know, like for me, the photographer, you know, I was, I'm a photographer. So that was very important for me. And for my husband, as I said, being outdoors and with the the brass band was very important to him. And, you know, you have to just go, things are going to happen. Things are going to go wrong on the day of your wedding. But so what? <laughs> Sometimes they make the best stories. Yeah, you know, it makes a great story. And it's not, it, you're not just gunning for this one day. You're in the long haul for the rest of your lives. So let the small stuff go. 
enjoy the process. If you're not enjoying it, you just need to take a step back, sit down and just relax and then come back to another time because this is a wonderful time in your life and it should be a wonderful time in your life. Absolutely. Don't do it. (laughs) Right? Yeah. And if it's, if you're going, oh, he'd be so perfect if only, oh, I would love it so much if only he's not the right guy for you. Get rid of them. Did you have that moment? Because you said you've been engaged. many times. (laughs) (laughs) You saw the red flags and said, nope, not doing it. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to your gut. Yep. (laughs) All right. My final question for you is the fun one. I went to know Barb. What is your all-time favorite wedding movie or movie that features a wedding? Oh, okay. I don't know the name of it, but it was with Cameron Diaz and Julia Roberts. Oh, my best friend's wedding. My best friend's wedding. (laughs) (laughs) That was beautiful. I I cry and I laugh every single time I watch it. Do you have a favorite scene in the movie? Oh, Cameron Diaz trying to sing. Yeah. (laughs) The karaoke scene. (laughs) Say a little prayer for you. (laughs) Singing that part. (laughs) It's so good. And I have to say with that movie, Julia Roberts' Bridesmaid's Dress is one of my favorite movie Bridesmaid's Dresses. (laughs) That purple looked so chic and cool. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Barb, how can we get more information on you and Northeast Ohio Weddings Magazine? Well, you can email me at idu at neoweddingsmag.com or go on our website at northeastohioweddingsmagazine.com or our Instagram or Facebook at Northeast Ohio Weddings Magazine. Barb, thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh, that was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. 